Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. So let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you so much, Lord, for being our God. You are the Lord, and you did rise from the dead, but Lord, you also, in that death, became our God that will be with forever in eternity. Thank you, Lord, for doing that for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Ruth, Ruth chapter 1, and so it's allowed to look in the table of contents for where is Ruth? Because <laughs> she has a tendency to get lost, but we, but we find her once in a while. So uh, if you turn in your Bible to Ruth chapter 1, page 374, if you have the same Bible I do. Okay. Now, please follow along here in Ruth chapter 1 as we continue to get ourselves fixed in the context of our, our message this morning, starting at verse 8. Ruth chapter 1, verse 8. And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each of each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant you that ye may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them and lifted up their voice and wept. And they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb, that they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters. Go your way, for I'm too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband also tonight, and should also bear sons, would you tarry for them till they were grown? Would you stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. And they lifted up their voice and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law has gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. And thy people shall be, or is, my people, and thy God, my God. Where thou diest, will I die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. So they too went, until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them. And they said, Is this Naomi? And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call you me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me? And the Almighty hath afflicted me. So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, which returned out of the country of Moab. And they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. 
Now, in our last study, you remember that we, in essence, studied this passage, and we saw that it was really all centering around a particular word, and that word was the word urge. It was the word urge, just like a theme between the relationship between Naomi and Ruth, urge. We saw how Naomi urged Ruth in verse 15 when it says, Behold, thy sister-in-law has, has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return thou also, return thou after thy sister-in-law. So Naomi here is urging Ruth, go back, go back to your country of Moab. And with the words in verse 15, behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people, Naomi is urging Ruth with the argument that your sister-in-law, Orpah, is in the same position that you are, Ruth, being a young widow, and look at the decision she's made to go back. So go back. So with the words in verse 15, behold, thy sister-in-law has gone back unto her gods, Naomi is urging Ruth with the argument Look, your sister-in-law, Opah, was in the same position. She had no reason to adopt what was not her non-Moab foreign god, the, the god of the god of the people of Israel. And these final words in verse 15, return thou after thy sister-in-law, we see Naomi strongly urging Ruth, obey my words. I'm your mother-in-law. I'm commanding you, return thou after thy sister-in-law. And when Naomi says the word thou at the end of, her, of, the, of verse 15, return thou after thy sister-in-law, we can see Naomi really putting the pressure on Ruth by pointing her finger at her with that thou and saying, I am talking to you, Ruth, go back. So up until this point, the theme of our chapter and the theme really of the relationship between Naomi and Ruth has been Naomi urging Ruth to go back to her people. Now, when it comes to Ruth's response to all of this urging of Naomi, we saw in verses 16 through 17, where it says, And Ruth said, now she speaks, and treat me not to leave thee or to return from following thee. Whither thou goest, I'll go. Whether thou thou lodgest, I'll lodge. Your people is my people. Your God is my God. Where thou diest, I'll die. Where thou buried, that's where I'll be buried. The Lord's going to do so to me. If anything other than death can separate us. So in her words of verse 16, Ruth is replying back to all this urging of Naomi. And Ruth is saying to Naomi, when she says, entreat me not to leave thee and so forth, she's basically saying to the urging of Naomi, urge me not. That's what it means. You know, entreat me not. Stop with all the urging. Don't do anymore. She's just as persistent. Ruth is just as persistent as Naomi is. And she's just telling her, stop urging me to leave you. Stop urging me from following you. And that's what she told her. Because she told her in these two verses here, look at me, Naomi. I am purposed to go where you go. I am purposed to live where you live. I am purposed to die where you die. I am purposed to be buried where you are buried. Nothing is going to stop my purposes except for death. And so when we saw how Ruth gave this very plain and simple reasons for all this purpose because she says in verse 16, your people already is my people and your God already is my God. So in verse 16, Ruth has made her strong confession. This is a confession of faith. This is a confession of her great conversion. 
to the true Elohim, the true Trinity of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Because before, when Naomi told them, go return to your God, she used the word Elohim because it's a plural word. She said, go return to your Elohim. But here she says, no, your Elohim is my Elohim. So we can see Naomi here looking at Ruth now in silence, absolutely stunned, and saying to herself, how did I ever get a daughter-in-law that's more stubborn than me? She's saying, (laughs) yeah, that's what she's doing. And so she's looking at Ruth in silence, and she's thinking to herself, she's really serious about her conversion to the God of Israel. This isn't a man. She's really serious. And from that, Ruth has said, Ruth was saying, and also, my dear mother-in-law, uh, I don't know if she called her in-law, anyway, whatever she called her, dear Naomi, she said, I'd appreciate it if you no longer see me as a Moabitess. Would you mind? I appreciate it if you no longer call me a Moabitess. Because when Ruth said these words of her confession as a convert in verse 16, thy people is my people, thy God is my God, what Ruth was saying was that my people by birth, my Moabite people by birth, they're no longer my people. What she was saying, the false gods, the false Elohim in verse 15, they're no longer my gods. And so what it says in verse 18 is that Naomi saw, she observed this steadfast, it says steadfastly minded, she saw that she was steadfastly minded. She saw the resolve in her daughter-in-law. She saw that in Ruth, and she recognized in Ruth, she said, I, Ruth, she said, you know, Naomi's looking at her, she said, I had it all wrong. She thought, I thought she was just in it to get a husband to replace the one who died. So I was telling her, you'll be easier to get a Moab. I thought she was just in it to have the family she missed out on having because her husband died. And so Naomi saw that what this is all about was that she was in because she had the God of Israel as her God. And she was in because she loved the people of God, of the God of Israel, and she made herself one of them. And what was Ruth thinking? As she told Naomi that she was leaving the land of her birth and she would be with the people of God. What was in her mind? How was she thinking these things? What had Ruth found that gave her, as a Moabite, the courage to do something like that? Just say, for example, that you'd say, I'm going to go live in Guatemala or something. I don't know Guatemala. Nicaragua is better. Nicaragua. Anyway, but what did she find that made her do this? Ruth found that the God of Israel... Jehovah Jesus has this great big giant welcome to anyone who comes to him. That's what he said in John 6, 37, when he said, all that the Father hath given me shall come to me, and him that comes to me I will in no wise cast out. I won't say you're not welcome. Ruth was a foreigner to Israel, but just as the Lord Jesus Christ said in John six thirty seven, it also says the same thing. He said it as Jehovah Jesus when he was saying, speaking in Isaiah chapter forty one verse nine, where it says, "Thou whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called thee from the chief men thereof, and said unto thee, Thou art my servant; I have chosen thee, and not cast thee away." So Ruth, she was bruised. She was really bruised by the loss of her husband. It bruised her heart. She was a bruised heart. She's a young widow. And how could the God of Israel treat her? And it says in Isaiah 42, 3, a bruised reed shall he not break. 
Smoking flax shall he not quench. I've got to put it out and then stomp it into ashes. He shall bring forth judgment and truth. That's why the Lord Jesus Christ made this great open arm invitation when he said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Come, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. And all those verses paint this clear picture of Jehovah Jesus welcoming with open arms the foreigner, the alien, Ruth. And right now, we have a, a dear friend who's dying. And it's a difficult time, but it's also a time to remember this great welcome that the Lord Jesus Christ has for all those who come to him, just like the welcome that he gave to the thief on the cross, where it says in Luke 23, 42 to 43, and he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, verily I say unto thee, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. See, when that thief asked the Lord Jesus Christ to remember him, he really had several great fears. Let's just say, that, for example, he had four great fears that were in his heart. And in this plea to the Lord Jesus Christ to remember him, he's saying, remember me. I'm afraid of going to hell for my sins. He's saying, remember me. I'm afraid of being lost forever. He's saying, remember me. I'm afraid I'll never see you again. He's saying, remember me. I'm afraid I will not be welcomed into your kingdom. So when the Lord Jesus Christ responds back to him and says to that thief, verily I say unto thee, today shalt thou be with me in paradise, he was giving an answer to each one of those fears. He's saying, you don't have to be afraid of going to hell for your sins because I'm dying now for your sins and that's enough for you. So I can say to you, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. And then you don't have to be afraid of being lost forever, of just drifting off because, and then you don't have to be afraid of being lost forever, of just drifting off because today you'll be with me in paradise. And you don't have to be afraid of never seeing me again because today shalt thou be with me in paradise. And you don't have to be afraid of not being welcomed because I say unto thee, to you, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. So all that the thief really needed to know in order to not be afraid, he got it in that one statement, verily I say unto thee, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. And he knew that there would be this great welcome for him into heaven. And he knew that just from that. And when he heard that, he had the welcome that he needed, and he said, now I can die in peace. Now I can die in peace because it's well with my soul, because all his fears were gone. And so Ruth knew that she had this great welcome from the God of Israel, and that's all she needed to know. Because both the thief on the cross and Ruth are what could, could be called those who came from the farthest, from way out there, or what the Bible calls the uttermost, and they found out that the God of Israel is how he is described in Hebrews 7.25. Wherefore, he is able to save them to the uttermost 
that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. They found out that the welcome really was true that the Bible ends with in Revelation twenty two seventeen when it says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will let him take of the water of life freely. And not only does God give an open welcome to anyone who comes to him, but also when the person does come to him, that he and the Father take it very personal, very personal to not lose them. And that's what he meant when he said in John 6, 39, this is the Father's will which has sent me of all which he hath given me. I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And then John 10, 28, and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And then in the next verse, my Father which gave them me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. And why is that true? That God so openly welcomes, that God so firmly purposes to not lose anyone who comes to him in their great need. Why is that true? Because of what it says in Psalm 102.17. It says there, Psalm 102.17, he will regard the prayer of the destitute and not despise their prayer. That's a very interesting word, regard. The Hebrew word there for regard is the word pana. Pana, which is really from the same word as panim, it's from face. It's from face. So what it's really saying is that God will turn his face to the destitute who is praying to him. That's what God does when anybody prays to him in their great need, knowing the destitution of their soul, knowing their own bankruptcy, and he lifts his heart to God. And what happens? He turns his face to that person. So personal. Now, has Ruth confessed that she is the follower of the God of Israel? Yes, that's what she's done. But let's notice carefully what Ruth is saying in verse 16 17. She's saying, and Ruth said, you see here, Entreat me not to leave thee, or return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I'll go, and where thou lodgest, I'll lodge. Thy people is my people, and God, my God, where thou diest, will I die, and nothing is going to part thee and me. See, it's so very true that Ruth has decided to follow God. Yes, but what is she saying in these words here? In verses 16 and 17, all these words of leave thee after thee, thou goest, I'll go, thou lodgest, thy people, thy God, part thee and me. You know what she's saying here? She's saying she loves Naomi. Ruth loves Naomi. And she's saying to Naomi that she loves her so much that only death is going to separate them. Why does Ruth love Naomi so much? What we see in Naomi on the surface doesn't look very lovable. <laughs> she looked kind of ornery, actually, you know. It's like a, but Ruth loves Naomi. Why does Ruth love Naomi? Because Naomi is the person who brought Ruth to God. That's why she loves him. Naomi, through her life and her love, she just has touched something in Ruth that's just opened up in Ruth, this fountain of faith. She's done something, and there's just this fountain in Ruth as a result of Naomi. Naomi has taught Ruth about God. No one else taught Ruth about God, but Naomi did. 
Through Naomi, Ruth learned that God was a forgiving God, that God would accept a blood sacrifice for her sins as she came as a humble, penitent sinner. Imagine what Naomi did. Naomi is really a picture of a missionary who goes to a foreign land, and she, by her confession, by Naomi's confession, by her teaching, by her love, she brings the lost sinner, Ruth, she brings her to the God of Israel. And Ruth loves Naomi. And Naomi is leading Ruth to love God. And that's what's happening here. And Ruth is now so appreciative to Naomi that she vows, I'm never going to leave you. I am never going to leave you. I am going to be loyal. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to stand by your side. And the only thing that's going to stop me is my dead body. And the love of Naomi has just opened up in Ruth, this fountain of love for God, for her. And what we see in Naomi and what she has done for Ruth is an example of what the Lord Jesus Christ meant when he said in the Great Commission of Matthew 28, and he says, Go ye therefore, Naomi, and teach all nations, including Moab, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the earth. When a person obeys that voice, it's not a picture of a sterile platform preaching, you know, with very little contact to the people. It's a picture of Naomi and her relationship with Ruth, where there's both the teaching and the instruction and the leading, but there's also the inevitable bond of love that happens between the two. And that's what we see in the relationship of Naomi and Ruth. Now, the urging is over, and Naomi allows Ruth to accompany her. And so we read in verse 19, So they too went until they came to Bethlehem, and it came to pass when they come to Bethlehem, all the city was moved about them. They said, is this really her, just Naomi? Now, their relationship has now changed in this verse 19 from urging and resisting the urging to the really the word, although it's not said there, but it's the word together. Because now they're together, which we see in those verse words, so they went, so they too went. Maybe Naomi felt as though she'd lost the battle to get Ruth to go away. But God had really won the battle to care for Naomi. Because this shows how much God cares for Naomi. Because Naomi, as we have seen, was very down, depressed, and she had preferred to go back home alone. But God said, no, that's not going to happen, because God knew that Naomi needed to have a companion. And it reminds us of what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, 7, when he says, so contrarywise, you ought rather to forgive him and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one should be swallowed up with overmuch grief, overmuch sorrow. So Naomi was in danger of being swallowed up with overmuch sorrow, and so God says, I'm sending you Ruth, Naomi, to keep you from being swallowed up. So Naomi, she's thinking of herself. She's thinking of her woe-is-me conditions. And Ruth was a great encouragement for Naomi, especially as Naomi got to see Ruth as a new believer. She was looking at her as a new believer and experienced as she was watching him. She was experiencing what John experienced when he said in 3 John 1, 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And there was Naomi, and she had the great joy of seeing her child walk in truth. And that brought her great joy 
and encouragement there. So just as John said there's no greater joy, so Naomi has that too. So Naomi sees this, and this is, this is what's encapsulated in these words, so they too went. These words are not just describing that they both just, well, they both just went to Bethlehem. These words are describing for us how they were both together. So they too went. It paints a beautiful picture, a scene of agreement between them. They were disagreeing. In case you didn't notice, there was an argument before. That's all done now. And Naomi and Ruth are agreed, and they're going to go through the rest of their lives together. And in that phrase, they too went, it paints for us a picture of them too, walking together in agreement. Their lives are now joined together. It's such a perfect picture of what it says in Amos 3.3. Can two walk together except they be agreed? So they, went, so they too went. It tells us they have this agreement together. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Sunday Night Church is back. Join Friendship with God Bible teacher Tom Cantor at the new Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Join us early each Sunday at 4.30 p.m. for food and fellowship with Sunday evening services to follow at 5.30 p.m. Watch Tom Cantor and the service on YouTube Live located on the Friendship with God website. Enjoy encouraging teaching from our Bible teacher Tom Cantor in a relaxed and family-friendly atmosphere. Sunday Night Church is back, so join us at the Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum at 10946 Woodside Avenue North in Santee, California. For more information, call us at 800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051, or visit friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org for the Friendship with God Fellowship. 